Last week, Pastor Matt finished off our series in the Minor Prophets, looking at Malachi and helping us to look to the future for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. For the summer, for this summer, we're going to be spending our time just walking through the Psalms. And not every Psalm, obviously, but just taking each one every once in a while or every week and just looking at what God has to say. So we called it Songs for the Journey. It's a road trip, right? Life is a road trip. And these are songs that God has given us that he has used other people to write, but they show us a lot about who he is and who we are and how desperately we need him. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Psalm 27. It's one of my favorites. So as you go there, um, I'll explain why we have this. Um, Our projector doesn't work right now. So hence, I'm sorry, online people, but that's how it is. Hence why I'm going to take a while to get going here, so bear with me. But Psalm 27 says this. The word of the Lord says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil doers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent, and he will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with joy, with shouts of joy. I will sing with, and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not. O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe, I believe, that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. What are you afraid of? What are you scared of? When you close your eyes, when you think about it, so what are those things that you are afraid of? I remember not too long ago, um, I think finally this, this woman felt that she had the ability to ask me a question. And she asked me, she said, Nate, she said, do you ever get scared when you go up in front of people? And I said to her, I'm terrified every single time. 
If you know me, I'm not really an outgoing person. I'm not really the type of person that growing up you would have found on top of a stage speaking publicly. I used to, I've said this before, I'm pretty sure. There have been times in the past when I was younger, when I was about my kid's age, where I would cry just at the thoughts of being in front of people. But again, you know, God in my weakness, he, he is glorified. Do you get scared when you're in front of people? You know, to be honest, as I said, every time I stand here, you know, I think of those thoughts. Will they like it? Will it honor God? Did I say something wrong? Which is almost every week. You know, what are those things you're afraid of? Getting sick, dying, failing a class, being made fun of? Just the unknown? Failing? There are many things to be afraid of. Life is fragile. We are fragile. When I face these insurmountable odds, what are the things that are making me scared in my bones, to, to, to my bones? We are, so we are starting this series by looking at this Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, it starts off by saying. You know, I was looking at, as I study for, um, as I study for the sermon, I look at multiple different translations in the original language, and it's neat because you look at those titles that are above the, the, the chapter there. You don't always go by those, but these were, I thought, were very fitting. You know, Nasby says, a psalm of fearless trust in God. The CSB says, my stronghold. You know, the ESV, if you have that, the, the Lord is my light to my salvation. Another translation said, taking heart in God, the all-recompensing one. I was like, that's a big word. So this first... Verse, these first three verses, we see that confidence in God's presence. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? How is this songwriter so confident? How is he doing this? In verse 1, he says, light. He, is in the, he has experienced the presence of God and says that it is light and a stronghold. Light is this idea of, of not confusion, of piercing the darkness. Unlike the world, which is chaos, God brings order. God is my light. He is my salvation. Light is the answer to the fear and to the forces of evil. You know, think about when you're growing up. Maybe you're still like this, where you have to have a little nightlight to pierce the darkness. God is my light and my salvation. These aren't little threats that this songwriter is about to see or face. These are actual threats on his life. But God is the one who gives light in the darkness. He is the one who gives clarity, order, and understanding. And not only that, as the songwriter says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. He will deliver him from his enemies. We're talking here specifically, specifically about a physical, a physical deliverance. But ultimately we see this achieved through Jesus Christ. He is the one who gives victory. He is a stronghold. He is our refuge. It is a safe place. He is a safe place to go. Think about that place where you feel the safest. 
God is even more safer than that. He is this, the, the place where he can go. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. So therefore, it's only because of those things that, the, that God is his light and his salvation, that he is his stronghold, those three things, that he can even come to the realization. And this is just the first three verses, right? We're just on verse one. Why should I be afraid? Whom shall I be afraid? Who's, who's going to do anything? Oh, soul. You can hear him preaching to his soul, right? John Piper says, we have to preach to ourselves the gospel. Preach to yourself the gospel. You can hear it right here. The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. He is my stronghold. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's a rhetorical question, obviously. You know, even in spite of the enemies, he will have confidence in God. And in verse 2, he comes along and he's, he's addressing past victories. One of the sources of the confidence of, is, is, comes from looking back at how God has provided in the past. This isn't a blind faith. This is a faith that is based upon the faithfulness and how God has over and over proven himself faithful to us, even when we haven't. God has shown himself faithful in the past and he will remain faithful to his people in the future. And he will be confident as in verse 3 says, at the end of verse 3, yet I will be confident even though all of these things may happen to me in the present. Even though I feel like I'm surrounded by an enemy and that life is like, like I'm drowning. Even though I feel like I'm drowning, I will be confident. Literally, trust. I will trust. Victory may seem like it's not happening right now, but in Christ we are victorious. He has conquered death. And for those who have repented and believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you are in Christ, you can have the confidence that this songwriter is saying, if you're in Christ. John Stott said it well, the Lord is my light to guide me my salvation to deliver me, and the stronghold of my life in whom I take refuge. See, the confidence that the songwriter has is, this, uh, is an absolute certainty that casts out, that banishes the fear that he may feeling. No matter how big the threat is, this is a confidence that is founded on who God is, who is the light, salvation, and refuge. The songwriter is affirming that even in the darkness of a terrible threat of war, he has no reason to fear, for God is the light that can dispel such fearful darkness. And as we move on into verses 4 to 5, we see a prayer that begins to emerge. Actually, two prayers within this in 4 to 12. A prayer for God's presence. See, God's children run home when the storm comes in. You don't run away. You run home. Think about when you were a kid. And, you know, there, there was a big thunderstorm. Who do you run out to? You ran to your mom or your dad or whoever was that trusted person with you. Maybe you were one of those kids that crawled into the bed with them, which is a big no-no in my house, but 
God's children run home to him in the, in the, when the storm comes. So you see a prayer for God's presence. In verses 4 to 6, we see a, a, prayer, a different type of prayer. He will have confidence because he is in the presence of God in his sanctuary. In verse 4, it says, One thing have I asked of the Lord. The point of what he is asking is to dwell in the house of the Lord. You know, some people come along and say, oh, that's just like a, a figurative speech, like he just wants to be in the presence. No, he actually wanted to be in the temple. He actually wanted to be there because that's where the presence of the Lord was, and that's where his people were. Right? This is why we gather as a church together. It's because we, 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 we come together to sing and to hear and to preach and to read the good news of Jesus Christ and to be encouraged once again about the presence of God that we have in Christ. It's talking about a desire to live permanently in the presence of God. But where are we reminded of these things? Again, it's in the gathering of the church. So what happens to him when he does this, right? You see two things happen. He sees God's beauty. He, and he was able to get guidance from God. It is the deliverance in verses 1 to 3 that makes it possible for the songwriter to do this and to pray in this way. It was faith in God renewed. As he, came to get, as he came to gather, as the songwriter came to gather with his people, that helped him to be fearless in the face of threats. Part of the reasons we gather is to remind each other the good news of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in Christ. Not to sit in a pew and have your ears tickled. That may not happen, but... But to remind ourselves of who God is. Do you hear the heart of the songwriter? His desire to be in the presence of God? To gaze on his beauty? beauty to, to seek after him? Because in verse 5 it says, even in the day of trouble, whatever that day is, the songwriter seeks God. It's in God in the midst of trouble he will find shelter. And as that happens, he will be lifted up upon a rock as God is the rock of those who trust in him. And his head will be lifted up. He is confident in God's care and help when trouble comes. He anticipates a victory. This is going to happen. The outcome is a vow to worship God. As he's, as he's reflecting upon the very character of who God is, he begins to trust in God more, and then out of that comes worship in the midst of the hardships. So someone comes and says, how can you worship God when things are so hard? Well, let me walk you through the process again. This is who God is. This is what he has done for me. This is what he's done for me through Christ. And I might be crying. I may be crying out to God with the wise. But I know that he has been faithful for me, to me. And I reflect upon that. And in that comes into this awe and wonder of confidence and trust in who God is. And out of that, even through tears, I can still sing and worship my God. As he sings, shouts for joy. He anticipates it. His expression of loyalty comes from a trusting heart. See, for him, for the songwriter... His trusting heart comes from reflecting on the past mighty acts of God. 
for you and for me. Our trust comes from the mightiest act of salvation the world has ever seen or heard of. In Christ, when we face those troubles, we face them with Christ's victory over sin and death. Jesus Christ died for our sins and he rose again. Jesus says that in this life you will face troubles. In John 16, it says this, I have said these things to you in that, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will, emphatically, have tribulation. On a side note, I don't really understand how people have the audacity to preach a message that says come to Jesus and everything will be okay. That's not there. Jesus himself said that. What he says is this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus' victory over the world happened on the cross. We see this in Revelation 5 and was shown in his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. We see that in Romans 1. Followers of Jesus should anticipate tribulation in this world, but the promise of overcoming stands because Jesus is the overcomer per excellence. Our confidence of the victory must be anchored in the gospel of grace. We go from this place into a world that despises you. That's on top of all the other normal life things that happen. We come here on Sundays beaten and bruised. How do we bandage each other up? By reminding each other of the gospel of grace. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This is when we, uh, when we by f- placing our faith in the finished work of Christ and our union with Him, we, uh, we are overcoming. Uh, this is overcoming, so not something we do for Jesus. It is something that we do by Jesus. Is this you? Do you have confidence that is as, as sure as the psalmist? Then I call you to put your trust in the one who has conquered the grave, who offers you hope that is sure enough that no matter the troubles you will face, he still is faithful. But in verse uh, 7 to 10, there's a, still a prayer for God's presence, but the change of tone begins to happen. And this is why I really love the Psalms. Because they're real. They're, as the kids say, authentic. Actually, I don't think it's kids anymore. It's just millennials. They're authentic. Even with confidence in God, there's an admission of some anxiousness. God, I believe, help my unbelief. We have another prayer for God's presence in these few verses. These verses express confidence in, our, in, in prayer, but these verses are, are, are not just confidence, they're confidence with a coding of anxiety. So you can hear the intensity of his soul's search and the greatness of his need. In verse 8, he comes, You have said, Seek my face. My heart says, Your face, Lord, do I seek? Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation, he says. 
as much as the songwriter desires to be in the fellowship with God, he does understand. Uh, he 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 does understand that only he can see God's face if God reveals it. So he says, we have to think about this. He, he's accepting. He's he's seeking acceptance from God. We live in a world. We experience so much rejection. Think about it. Kids are mean. They say right probably starts in kindergarten in JK. You want to play? No. In this world we face so much rejection. Parents reject children. Children reject parents. Husbands reject wives. Wives reject husbands. We were rejected by what was close friends. We were rejected by potential employers, people were, who were courting, or others in dozens of diverse situations. Most of us experience rejection from someone almost every day. But as the songwriter continues on, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. God does not refuse us who are in Christ. David's prayers, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Do not reject me or forsake me. And he knows, even as he prays, that God will not forsake him. God has accepted him in the past, and he will continue to accept him. Though my father and my mother forsake me, even though those who are supposed to protect me in my life the Lord, will re, the Lord will take me in, in verse 10. So the songwriters hope that he will again enjoy God's protection. In his prayers of confidence in God, in our prayers of confidence in God, we know we, we need to be reminded of who God is and stand confident in his presence. But as we close off this psalm, I love it because it's like a sandwich. A good sandwich goes a long way, right? Nice bread. Some nice, like, like a good layer of meat. Like it has to be a good layer. Matt, Pastor Matt knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it comes full circle. The psalm comes back in verses 13 to 14 with another expression of confidence in God's presence. The psalmist comes back to what he originally asks. Why are you afraid? Because he says here, folks, in the midst of suffering, this is a hard one to read, okay? Even as I read it, my emotions can, can be overwhelming. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me tell you, there are days when that feels almost impossible. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And notice he says, in the land of the living. Not when he's dead. When he's alive. 
So even though he feels like in verse 2, when evildoers assail me and to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble. Or in verse 3, though an army encamps against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise me, yet I will be confident. He can continue on in verse 13 and say, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Why? Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In spite of the songwriter's difficulties, he is, he is strongly convinced that the Lord will come to rescue his people. He is confident of experiencing God's goodness while he is still alive. Why does he believe this? Because perspective matters. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The things he is praying for, for which we pray for, do not always come to us at once. God has his timing, which is not ours. And this is why we pray for and need is, is, is sometimes delayed. What then do we do? Do we take our eyes off of Christ? Do we take our eyes off of our light and our salvation when we don't have the answers that we want, when things aren't going the way that we want, when we try to rush things in our own timing rather than God's timing? This is something I know. When we rush things, suddenly things become compromised. But when we wait patiently for God, It's amazing how much more we are faithful to who he is and what he has called us to do and to be. No, we don't do that. We don't lose confidence. We simply need to wait, as verse 14 says. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Why? Because I know that he is good. How do I know that he is good? Because he is my light and my salvation and my stronghold. See, if some rich person comes to you I daydream sometimes, so this is one of my daydreams. If some rich person comes to you and promises to give you an expensive gift, wouldn't you wait for it expectantly? Wouldn't you? If you were in trouble and a king were coming to your aid, wouldn't you be alert for his appearance? I was thinking about this as I was... I was watching clips on YouTube, and I was watching Lord of the Rings, Tower of Two Towers. That last battle, right? There's like nobody left, and they're still hopeful, right? And they're mounted onto their horses, and they're going to charge through the whole battle army of orcs. And they're charging, and then what happens? All of a sudden, Gandalf comes, and there's this bright light, and I'm like. And, and they all rush down. It's so good. It's so good. You laugh, but it's so good. I'm a sucker for hopeless situations with hope. Because that's my life. That's your life. Right? The last battle, Gandalf tells Aragon that he will be come back. And he's like, yeah, right. And the moment seems hopeless. But they continue to fight with the hope of a promised help. God is just as generous a benefactor and as powerful a king 
He is well worth waiting for. It is a privilege to wait for him. And I do this all within the context of verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So let me ask you again. What are you afraid of? There's a list, right? We all have a list. It could be spiders, but let's be honest. Come on. like, Move on. I know. <laughs> Don't worry. There's someone in my family who's terrified of just the thought of snakes. But let me ask you again. What are you afraid of? Maybe it's talking to your neighbors about the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Maybe it's standing for what is right and just in a world that is not just. Maybe it's giving up a pleasure and you doubt God is a greater pleasure. Maybe it's financial hardships. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe, you've, uh, maybe you're afraid of a worldwide pandemic. Maybe. In light of all these things, even when you feel surrounded and encamped against, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, God's children run home when the storm comes on. And when they do that, they remember that if, if you are in Christ, you have life, you have confidence, because again, the Lord is your light and your salvation and your stronghold. Are you afraid maybe of what someone will think about you? Maybe you're like me and you stand up here and you're like, oh, I wonder if they like it. Maybe you're afraid you'll say something wrong. Maybe you're afraid that when you share the good news of Jesus Christ, that person that you love so dearly will abandon you. And all of these questions cause you not to share the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. I was reminded about this. Uh, this week, um, Jackie Hill Perry's husband posted this. Boldness is not doing what men are afraid to do. It's doing what God told you to do because your eyes are fixed on him. And I would tack on who is the author and the finisher of your faith. We go out to make disciples who are disciples of Jesus Christ on the foundation of who we are in Christ. Our confidence in the Lord starts with seeing what he has done. Having confidence in God enables us to walk through fearful situations and faithful obedience because we need to depend upon who he is. So what? Having confidence in God enables us to walk through fearful situations and faithful obedience. And we need to do that as we reflect upon who he is. Think about his communicable attributes. God is love. Humans can love, but we do so imperfectly. God is also just. Humans have a sense of justice and can carry out justice, but again, do so imperfectly. God is creator. Even though we think we create things, we can't create them out of nothing by just our word. Some of us, and think about all of his other words, his, his attributes, his grace, his mercy, his goodness, his truthfulness, his rational thought, and relationally. But also think about those things that we cannot do. His omnipotence, his omnipresence, his omniscience, his sovereignty, his transcendence, his immutability, his self 
exalting nature. These things should cause us to revere, to worship, to trust, and to praise the Creator. So when it gets to be like you're drowning, we fix our eyes on God. There's this great song I was listening to on my walk this morning. It goes like this. When my heart is weary, when my soul is weak, when it seems I can't traverse the trails before me, I survey the glory of your agony, and I find the will to fight for what's before me. Because you ran the race, enduring for your glory, I fix my eyes on you, the founder and the finisher of our faith. I fix my eyes on you. The solace in your suffering is my strength. Or you can sing the classic, Turn Your Eyes to Jesus. Having confidence in God enables us to walk through fearful situations and faithful obedience. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I challenge you, if you're not the memory, scripture memory type, this might be a good time to start. Start with chapter 27, verse 1. Maybe the whole thing later. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the reminder of who we are in Christ. We thank you for how you are our light and our salvation and our stronghold, that even in the midst of troubles, Lord, that that we can be confident in who you are and what you have done for us. God, I pray that you give us a peace that goes beyond all understanding. That this time that we would be reminded of who we are in you. And that that would cause us to go out with a boldness that, we know most, that normally we wouldn't have. Proclaiming who you are and what you have done for us to a world that is desperately broken and afraid. May you be glorified and amen.